unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Mr. Rouse, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help bullshit. Please welcome our host, Mr. Rouse. Is this thing on? Hello, is anybody here? What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Hey, hey, my mic sounds funny, but do I sound funny? What's going on? Ladies and gentlemen, raw and unscripted with yours truly, Christopher Roush, the place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. And here we are back again, Tuesday nights, every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, bringing you the raw truth, bringing you the goods, bringing you everything that I know to be important in the world of becoming truly unstoppable. That's my mission is helping you guys truly become unstoppable, being authentic, being congruent, waking up every day with a just a, just an extreme excitement about what it is that you could be learning that day and how you can be growing. And that's what the show brings you, whether it's myself solo or with a guest. That's what I really uh, want to make sure I bring you. And uh, just have a little problem hearing me. Can you guys hear me okay? Give me, give me a little thumbs up. Give me a little thumbs up. Um, good evening, Randy. Good evening, Mary. Mary. Good evening, Larry. I was trying to say Mary and Larry at the same time. Can you do that? Larry. Larry. Okay. So what's up? What's up? Uh, yeah, definitely a hugely awesome day. What's up, Chris Voglio? Hey, ladies and gentlemen, before I even get started here, I was, uh, I was the, I was, it was awesome to be on the other side of the mic earlier today. You know, I do a lot of these shows and I'm interviewed as well, but uh, I got a chance to be on Chris Voglio's uh, rocket podcast uh, earlier today. Um, definitely go check it out. And, um, you know, it was, it was really such a fun time. I mean, it was like an hour that blew by like that, but we just kept dropping serious truth bombs and nuggets to design to get you guys moving in the, in the direction you need to be going, which is what this show is all about. So thank you, Chris. I had a blast with it and I'm so glad you're going to be here uh, with us. What's up, Trisha loud and clear captain. Thank you so much. Misfits for life. My misfits for life are here. My crew, my posse, what's going on? Hey, if you're watching, and you're not saying something, just say hi. Just just chop chop into the chat box and let me know you're here. Thank you for being here. And as always, you're welcome to engage with me and my guest, um, asking us questions or sharing what's going on, how you feel about the situation we're talking about. That's what I love about this. Uh, yeah, man, it was definitely awesome. Um, one thing I love about doing the show live now before I was recorded is the fact that there's this engagement, right? You know, we get this opportunity to have a conversation in real time. When I think about COVID and I've had that question asked quite a bit recently, both to me and on Facebook, they're like, what have you learned from COVID? What have you gained from COVID? Which I think is a brilliant answer or brilliant question. And that if hopefully most of us can say that we've learned something, right? And I have learned the power of just showing up, the power of, you know, just uniting with people like Chris and, and all of you amazing souls. Um, you guys have been just fantastic uh, being here and supporting the Raw and Unscripted show for so long, supporting what I do, my style of motivation and inspiration and education. Um, you know, I just bring it to you from the heart. Uh, you can tell I've been talking all day. I do that because I just love you guys and I love making a difference in this world, especially in the world we're in right now. Um, the, the topic of the show tonight is relationships and communication. And for some reason, my guest um, is having a difficult time either getting to the studio or I'm not sure, but hey, that's what happens in life. And I'm one of those kind of people that just rolls with it. So it's all good. It's all good. So when we're talking about relationships, um, you know, thinking about COVID, how many, how many of you guys right here, right now, Chris, Larry, Trish, um, you know, we've never met. But yet we have a relationship and I firmly believe, and I'm, this is one of, me, one of my goals for once COVID's over and once I'm back out on the speaking circuit, so hire me as a speaker, uh, is to come meet all you guys. I really just want to go meet all of you guys. Yvonne is, uh, Yvonne's here. You're, you're in the wrong link. Did I send you the wrong link? I hope I didn't send you the wrong link. Um, Yvonne, I'm going to email you the link again. Um, you're in the wrong spot. Uh, I hope I didn't send you the wrong link. I might've, um, I do crazy things like that sometimes. But anyways, when you think about, you know, the world of relationships, being able to connect with you guys virtually has been nothing short of, there she is, nothing short of truly just phenomenal. It really just has, you know, and having those connections. I was talking with a few people today 
you know, just really, I, I, they're a part of our coaching program, um, our group coaching program, and they're already inviting me to their wedding, you know, so making connections and having relationships is really paramount, especially this day and age. We got to, we got to, we got to network. We got to grow with each other. And that starts with actually accepting responsibility for who we are in that relationship process. And I'm super excited to be able to, uh, invite my guest on now. Um, she's got a, a, an excellent resume that supports this. We're going to get into the subject matter of relationships and conversation, and she's going to share a little bit of her background and everything. So I'm excited to have Miss Yvonne Silver here with me tonight. What's going on, Yvonne? How are you doing? I'm doing great. I was in the room, but I couldn't be, I think I didn't quite click one button. So I was listening to the intro. Oh, okay. Good, good. I was like, cause yeah, normally when you click that last button, they pop up you know, the, the, the backstage thing. And I'm like, oh, yep, there they are. Here now. <laughs> I know I knew you were going to be here and I'm like, what is it? But I'm cool without just jumping on and just rambling for a little while. We have some amazing people already here with us. We have Rick. What's going on, Rick? Um, we have Chris. Uh, we were just talking about that. Me too. Got to hang and listen to records. Definitely. We could do that through zoom. I mean, that's, 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 uh, seriously, Rick is up in Canada. I want to come up there and see you and rusty bring, uh, bring my dog up there. Uh, Marlene is in the house. What's up, Marlene. Thank you so much for being here. You are awesome. And crystal, Thank you so much for being here. You guys rock. So uh, let's talk about relationships and communication. And, and when I was looking over your, your resume and, we, and in the brief time we talked before, I was really impressed with how much effort you've put into being a subject matter expert in this. How did you get started in being a subject matter expert in relationships and communication and um, everything else we're going to talk about tonight? Well, it was actually, um, I talk about my mom being my reverse mentor because when I was growing up in England, as you can tell from my accent, I wasn't born in Canada. Um, I watched my mom literally having the life drained out of her, the dignity drained out of her by my dad, who came back from World War II with PTSD. So he was a very mean man, very controlling, very angry all the time. And I actually watched what not to do in a relationship through that, <clears throat> excuse me, and then also with my mom in particular, um, watching the confidence getting drained right out of this woman who used to be a professional businesswoman and then became a stay-at-home mom and didn't have uh, any of her power left. And it was just um, one of those things where I watched it and I said, I'm never, ever going to be like that. And that was the beginning of focusing on communications initially aggressively because I put a shield up and like, no one's going to hurt me like that again. Yeah. And then it uh, it flipped uh, later on in life and became assertive. And uh, there is a, a very distinct difference between those things, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, thank you for sharing that. I, I believe I'm remembering when we were talking earlier uh, at that first call and sharing some of our stories, because the same thing for me, people ask me, like, how did you get to where you're at? And I'm like, I looked at my mom and said, don't do any of that do some yeah. of it a little bit. So I love how you say like reverse engineering. It's like, you know, I don't want to turn out like that. So I'm going to focus being on here, um, which is so massive. What do you, what, what do you attribute that shift going from, you know, being maybe a little bit more guarded and everything to being that assertive person versus, you know, potentially a, a, a regret aggressive person or a defensive person? Mm. Well, I remember after um, getting my coach designation, so certified executive coach about 10 years ago, I was attending some of the local uh, ICF, uh, International Coach Federation chapter meeting here in Calgary. And I had one girl who I kind of knew a little bit and she pulled me aside and she said, you know, the reason that you're not being embraced by people is because your energy is kind of aggressive. And I was like, mm. ooh, interesting. And then, um, so I did some work with a, another coach. I worked on my energetic resonance ended up taking Reiki and I still ended up burning out actually because I was working with the wrong clients and I was working with senior male CEO clients, which is not my ideal client, reminded me a lot of my dad with the control and the power and I ended up burning out. And when I took a couple of months off to regroup, reflect, figure out what was, you know, what was my purpose, who was I supposed to be serving? When I came back from that, I had a bit of a different shift because I knew that I wanted to be leveraging my female energy more and stepping into that and, and less of the male aggressive energy. So a woman trying to show up in a man's world as a man, it doesn't work. So no, that was my mom. My mom was that that person. She allegedly, and I say allegedly because she told a lot of stories, she allegedly was the first female to sue a major manufacturing corporation in California 
for not allow not allowing her to wear a pantsuit. That's what she used to tell me because she was like, she was like, I don't care if the guys can wear pants, I'm gonna wear pants. And she walked into Mattel Toy Factory in El Segundo and was wearing pants. And I was like, hey, go for it. You got to go for it. When when uh, in as part of your growing up, Yvonne, did you did your did your parents or did your mom know that you were purposely trying to find ways not to be like her? Or did that come later in life after you got you know further away from the the scene? Um, I think that she realized when I um when I left home about uh, at 16, I think she realized that I had way more of an independent streak than she had thought. And I had way more of a hate for my dad than she realized um, because he just, he, he was not, he was not a nice man to be around. I mean, I realized now that he wasn't actually mean he was sick, you know, PTSD affects people in different ways. Um, he got a bullet in Dunkirk and that was you know one of the things that happened to him and helped him to become that way. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, it was very difficult growing up and trying to, um, live with a man who was angry all the time and wanted to criticize you all the time. And, um, yeah, it wasn't mm -hmm. a great environment. So no, that's, it's interesting. You heard me talking in the intro. We were our current group coaching program. We're going through that actual process of, of finding forgiveness and empathy in situations like this. Talk to us about how you found forgiveness and empathy um, with your parents, or if you have, or how you process that, because I know for me personally, my, my resistance to my mom and my not hatred, but you know, just all the things that she had put me through. I was so resentful. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, and then it wasn't until I learned how to forgive and <clears throat> be more empathetic and really walk in her shoes. And like you just said about your dad, you know, this is the situation he had. And when I did that with my mom, it helped me to so much to see what she had been through that she was just doing the best she could. Um, but to find forgiveness for her was massive in my growth. Talk to us a little bit about that for you and your journey. Yeah. Well, the forgiveness part came through many, 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 many hours of self-development over the years. Um, you know, T. Harvecker, Jack Canfield, you know, Jane Warlow, um, you know, Susie Carter more recently, um, a lot of the activities have involved self-reflection. A lot of the work um, around energetic resonance with Jane Warlow was around um, reflective exercises. And so when you're doing all of your mirror, mirror style work, you know what I'm talking about, Chris? Oh, yeah. Um, that's, that's when <laughs> mirror. some of the... Oh, yes. Yeah, some of these things bubble up um, and then you can see the world through someone else's lens. Um, interestingly, though, I did at one point during one exercise, <clears throat> I wrote a letter to my dad, a letter of forgiveness. Um, my intention was to write it, to speak to it, to apologize to him, even though he's passed on um, and then light it on fire. And the darn thing wouldn't light. <laughs> it was just like. Whoa. I don't know whether it was on wax paper or what, but it just would not burn. And it was, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Like you're going to set some stuff on fire right now and you're not cooperating with me. <laughs> you on. don't want to be forgiven? Like, what's the message out of this? So you went and got a blowtorch, right? <laughs> no, I put, I, I collected the piece, I, I blew out the flame, collected the pieces, put it in a bag and decided that I was going to tie it onto a balloon and I was going to let it go that way because it That's was going. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody else could find it later. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't my intention, but that probably That wasn't my intention, but that's probably what ended up happening. I'm sorry for the person has to read this when this balloon lands, but I feel better. No, that's all. It reminds me of the, it reminds me of the, the ship in the bottle. I mean, you got to have yeah. fun with stuff, but I love that. But it's crazy. You just said that because that's one of the exercises we just had our, 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 our uh, group uh, people do was write it out and then set it on fire and burn it. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's really cool. Um, I just want to acknowledge a few people here and thank you again for being here on the raw and unscripted show. I truly appreciate it. Uh, Patricia says Yvonne is so precious. You are precious. You're precious. Uh, Crystal says, hi. Yvonne, Darlene, what's up, Darlene? Thank you so much for being here. You rock, says hello. Evening, guys. Yes, it is a beautiful evening. It's nice and chilly outside. I'm happy. Speaking of Mr. Goyette, my co-host for my Friday night show, which is now uh, becoming something else, Scott's here. Uh, thank you for being here, brother. And Patricia says, love you, Scott. So down a little thing hey, here. Patricia. Little, little love. Oh, it's a love fest here. Look at this. Oh, group hug. Oh, then he <laughs> says, forgiveness is not easy. Yeah, absolutely. And I love this. 
Patricia says, what does Yvonne suggest for people who are hurting from lack of parental love? Great, great question. Oh, lack of parental love. Well, I don't think you can make somebody love you. I think that you have to show up to the party whole and complete and loving yourself. And if other people want to embrace you as well, great. That's a bonus. But I don't think that we can expect that other people are going to be what nourishes, completely nourishes our soul. We have to do that work. Mm -hmm. And how do you suggest doing that for somebody who has no idea, who's just filled full of aggression and, and frustration and animosity. Yeah. Well, I, I am a big believer in starting the day with a journal. So, you know, do your gratitudes every day, start there, just start with what is it that you're grateful? <laughs> what is it that you're grateful for that's happened you know, the day before, or that's happened already today, depending if you're doing it at the end of the day. Um, and then acknowledge what it is that you love about the way that you showed up and how you worked through things today. And could you be any different tomorrow? Could you be any nicer? Could you serve more? Could you show up in a different way? There's always some opportunity for learning at the end of the day when we would take that time to reflect and be a better version of ourselves. Mm, great answer. Great answer. I couldn't agree more. And, and thinking about that, you kind of just, you made me think about Another part, another aspect of all of this is the vulnerability of admitting first that, you know, we have those situations. I recall when I was younger, I would not admit out loud that I was homeless. I would not admit out loud that I was beaten. I would not admit out loud I was bullied because I, at that point, I wanted to have that, that, that stoic, okay, I've got everything under control. I'm strong. You know, that's all compartmentalized and put away. Um, how do you, how do you help people become more vulnerable, become more comfortable with being vulnerable? And what is your... What is your perspective on being vulnerable? Hmm. Well, firstly, how do you how do I help people become more vulnerable is I show them the way I show up in my vulnerability. And it's that delicate balance between being vulnerable and showing who you really are underneath, you know, the lipstick or whatever, and not falling apart so much that people say, well, what the heck? She hasn't even done her own work. She's still in it. How could she lead me? through and lead me out of it. Right. So um, typically when I talk about my dad, I mean, actually that's one of the first times that I've actually been able to talk about it without <laughs> without choking up, um, probably because I gave the very, very, very short story there, not the <laughs> long one that I normally include um, when I'm uh, doing speaking gigs. Um, and what was the second part of the question? How do I... What, what what is what is your perspective on vulnerability? Oh. Some some people can look at it as a weakness or a strength. But what's your perspective on that, and why is it so important in our in our growth? Yeah, well, I think it's really it's important that we show who we really are because that is the piece that people want. They want to see you know behind the curtain. They want to see um, how relatable you are, and if you are only showing up with the mask on all the time. People don't get that really good taste of it. Mm -hmm. um, it always surprised me when, you know, when I started talking, people would say, oh, do you have any kids? And I'd talk about my son, Alex, and you and I have talked about Alex. Um, you know, I can't talk about Alex without pride in my heart, without a lump in my throat, and talking about, you know, who he is and how he shows up and what he does and the fact that he's special needs and he's still showing up and doing all these incredible things. Um, so that's the, you know, that's the humanity part coming out. Um, so as I said, it is a balance of showcasing that you understand where the person's at because you've been there yourself or you know someone else who's been there that you can connect them with. And then what are the steps to get out of it? Because that's really what people come to a coach for is they want help with the transformation. They're here, they know they're stuck and they can't see a way out. So they need help hand holding. Okay, where's the starting point? Well, usually the starting point is creating space, funnily enough, which is the, one of the easiest things in the world to do. It's not complicated. First, we've got to create some space to work together though. Because if your day is like jam packed, it's right. like a female's woman's closet that she goes into and there's so much stuff in there overflowing that you can't even see what you've got to wear every day. Mm -hmm. Then stop 
taking out the stuff that doesn't fit, that's not the right color, it's ripped or whatever it is, out of style, and, and pare it down so you can see what you've actually got, and then there's space to actually make a decision. Same thing in coaching. Pare it down, create a space. So that's usually the first piece of work I do with anybody. And then we get into what it is that they really want to do. Right. Get into the, get into the really juicy stuff. I, I love that. I mean, you gotta, you definitely have to set the foundation, at least for me in coaching. And it sounds like you're the same set the foundation to make sure that, that what you're about to teach and what you're about to impart and what they're about to in, go through, um, that, that have a strong foundation for where it is that they have to go back to, 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 to have that, that, um, anchor point is what I'm trying to think of. Um, yeah, I mean, no, it's, it's so, it's so important. Uh, what do we got here? More questions. Uh, sometimes Teresa says, thank you very much for being here. Teresa, sometimes we got to walk a while to understand. Yes. Sometimes we actually do. You have to take a moment. You have to take a breath. Um, she's telling us to have a blessed night. Of course we're gonna have a blessed night. We're having a great time sitting here talking about what it is that we can do. <laughs> we're sharing our vulnerabilities. Um, Marlene says you need to become your own loving parent. Ooh, I love that. You know, that's, that's very, that's, that's actually reminds me of something that I talked about yesterday. ACA. I'm not sure what ACA is. Mm. You know what ACA is? Maybe it's a typo. Uh, she says, Christopher has a journal. Yes, of course I have a journal. One side's intentions and one side's gratitude. Trisha, Trisha is one of our misfits for life here. She says, I think it's important to remember that people love differently as well. It might not be that they don't love you, but rather they love differently. Oh, talk to us about that, Yvonne. That's, that's, that's really powerful because I read the book, The Five Love Languages, and it really inspired me and maybe opened my eyes like, wow, there are different types of love and different ways to give and receive love. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, well, when I did that book, and actually that's my favorite book to give as a wedding gift, there's actually a cream version that has gold lettering on the outside, and it usually comes in a cellophane wrapper. So you can see that it hasn't been opened by anybody else. It's not like you're buying someone a huge book for their wedding gift. Right. But I just think it's so important that when they're in that newly wed elated state, you know, with the rose colored glasses, that they have a chance to explore that before they get down the path, you know, five years in and then are looking for a tool. It's better to, you know, have the, the tools ahead of time. Um, my husband and I ended up being, um, uh, in opposite categories, some of it was the same, but but also opposite categories. So I have to constantly be aware of that and what his needs are versus my own needs. So mm -hmm. it's a great book. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Um, yeah. One of the other things that um, I learned just recently, so this is a training that I actually took this summer, was all about uh, six intelligences. And so mm -hmm. Uh, instead of five love languages, this is six intelligences, but it's all wrapped around personality science. So it's looking at emotional intelligence, architect uh, artificial intelligence, business and sales intelligence, personality intelligence, and then spiritual intelligence. And when I was looking at that, there's actually a basis for the personality science that is based on four different personality types that all have different values and they all have different needs. So that's actually more prevalent for me right now because I'm working with it every day <laughs> than mm -hmm. the five lang love languages. Although there are some similarities in some pieces, like I'm a nurturer, that's my primary code in the um, personality science piece. And so being of service is one of the key things that warms me up as opposed to only seeing gifts. Right. I need to be seeing service and being appreciated. And wow. that's part of nurturing. Yeah. And how, how did your husband, how does your husband fit into that equation? How does he like that, that aspect of looking at love and, and, and giving it a, a definition for what's good for you? Um, he's actually not um, a big reader. So I have, I gave him, <laughs> I gave him a copy of my book. And he's only he's only about halfway through it, to be honest. He's up to the word freedom, I think. Um, so he's not actually gotten all the way through it. So he's not a big reader. But I pull him into these things because I'm all about personal development and growth. That's one of my core values. And so he gets sort of nurtured along with it. Mm -hmm. He um, in the <laughs> in the which I said by hook or by crook. You're bringing him on. You're going to learn this stuff with me. You are, yes, because I'm expanding and growing. So therefore, come along for the ride. It's fun. 
Um, in the um, in the four personality code, which is actually called Bank B A N K, stands yeah, yeah. no, for no, yeah, Blueprint, Action, Nurturer, and Knowledge. He's actually got the same Nurturer uh, first letter, but then he goes into Knowledge, and I go into Action. So wow. that's been interesting to look more closely at the values and how they show up and what the activities are and what the questions are that come out of that, because that's all about building relationships too. Absolutely. No, I wrote it down. Uh, the six intelligence. No, I always love hearing about new books and I'm fascinated by that uh, aspect of things. So thank you for recommending that. Um, let's see what do you got. We got, what do you got? Uh, Chris has a journal. Yeah, we already did that. Um, oh, look at this, Yvonne. You are so beautiful. You're so beautiful. Thank you, Patricia. Patricia says, please share about Alex. Oh. <laughs> uh, Serena here. Hello, Serena. Serena is off saving the world. Helphealhumanity.org. She's amazing. Um, if you haven't met Serena yet, uh, Yvonne, you have to meet Serena. She is she is truly uh, uh, a power. She's been on my show. She's been on this show twice. She's been on our Friday night show once, and she has like an open invitation anytime she wants to come back. She has uh, she's just a, she's a, a miraculous person. Um, Mary Sterling says, Yvonne, hello. My son is physically and mentally challenged and one of his diagnoses is terminal. We are truly blessed for our precious gifts. Thank you so much, Mary, for, for sharing that. Thank you. Um, Mary also says, uh, I keep three journals, prayer, gratitude, and personal. Great. Yeah. You got to keep, you got to keep that stuff. Keep it flowing. Keep, if you keep it bottled up. I mean, talk to me about this, Yvonne. I, I find that journaling, I use actually, truth be told, I journal and then I also use a digital voice recorder and I just sit mm -hmm. there. And I just, I just vomit into the recorder. I just like, nobody's ever going to read it. Nobody's ever going to hear it. Um, and it just allows me to release some of that steam because when I was reading in one of the books and I can't remember which one, you know, how we repress or regress. Uh, so you're cutting out there for a moment. Did I? Yeah, I must've froze. So um, I heard you talk about repress. Yeah. Yeah. About how we repress those emotions and how we can, how, why it's so important to get them out in a journal or some other way. Yeah. Well, what I find is, um, I mean, I have a whole hour in the, in the morning, the first hour of the day, um, which I can talk about in a minute, but the, the journaling piece, um, yeah, it is like taking the lid off a steam kettle, right? Otherwise, you know, it just like screams, <laughs> screams and steams. Um, and I don't know about you, but I find that if I don't put it out of my head, stuff just circulates and it percolates and it's on my mind all day long. Whereas if I get it out of my journal, it's done. So in my case, I have, you know, what showed up in the back, just what just magically showed up, which is just, you know, confirmation of, yeah, the, the universe is supporting me. There are things happening, even though it might seem for some, you know, at some point, it might seem like it's going way too slow for my ego, but things are unfolding in the way that they will and they should be. Thank you, universe. So what shows up is on the back and then me and my work, and my gratitudes are in the front. And so I've got that piece, but I also like you, I have recorded things. So I have my mantra, a couple of mantras recorded. So in the morning, it's the mantras first, and then it'll be my gratitudes. Then I do some of the mind movies work. And if you're familiar with Natalie Ledwell's mind movies, um, so you actually have a like a visualization instead of having a vision board, a static vision board. It's moving and it's put to music and and it's um, something you can get your emotions wrapped around. Um, then also I'm doing some of Sonia Ricotti's work as well, which has some uh, Holosync music that's um, language to, again, set you up for success, start the day in a calm way. Um, and all of that happens in the first hour before anybody else in my house is awake. Because if I don't do it, then, you know, I'm not balanced. I'm like off kilter already. Uh -huh. So that's putting me first, my work first, and then everybody else gets a piece uh, later on. Everybody else gets a piece of Yvonne. Yes. Um, that's the way, I mean, I, why not? Right. Serena says, yes, Yvonne, I love your language. Uh, we got Tom in the house. What's up, Tom? Good to see you. Oh, we got the definition. Marlene says ACA is adult child of excessive dysfunctional parents. Wow. I have actually, I don't know if I've heard that before. Have you heard that before? No, I mean, it's usually, you know, a CTA, right? <laughs> Call to action. Oh, <laughs> 
um, no, well, in that situation, but uh, ACA adult child of excessive dysfunctional parents. Um, and of course, karmic alibi, karma. She's got it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I want to, uh, I want to shift gears a little bit since we're talking about relationships and talking about mindsets and how we learn to understand ourselves a little bit better. Um, one of the things that, that really intrigues me and fascinates me about the communication process is, and I, I've categorized it, categorized it this way. When I teach people about it, there's speaking versus talking and there's hearing versus listening. And I sit there and I think about, okay, um, speaking from is just like blah, 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 blah. Talking is like choosing your words carefully. You know, hearing is selective hearing disorder. Listening is like really carefully listening. And, and for me, my very first college class, when I went to junior college after being a seventh grade homeless dropout was to take an interpersonal communications class. And I'm so thankful I took that class because I was like, at first I was like, I know how to talk. And then I got in this class and they were doing a bunch of stuff. They were doing the paraphrasing and it really helped me so much in my life and my success. Talk to us a little bit about that. Um, as a coach, um, I think when I took my coach training, part of the reason that I actually got a 4.0, woohoo! Um, I mean, who gets a 4.0 in a, you know, graduate level program, right? But part of the reason I think was <laughs> because my, my experience was, um, earlier to that was working in HR. So I was working in senior HR roles. Um, I was also prior to that working in sales roles. And we all know that the best salesperson is not the one who's doing all the talking. It's the one doing all the listening. Mm. Um, same thing with coaching, right? It's not about me talking. It's about me listening intently to the energy, to the pauses, to what you're not saying, as well as what you are saying, and creating space, safe space for you to express that and then asking you the right question that's going to draw out your best answer. It's not about me telling because that's mentoring. Mm -hmm. It's about me asking. And we can't do that unless we're very uh, diligent listeners. I also interviewed and hired about 6,000 people in my career. And I did a lot, of that, a lot of that work over the phone, doing phone screening. So I really had to listen carefully because the person wasn't always sitting in front of me. Nowadays, we have Zoom, so we can do, you know, a lot more quickly um, and do that first assessment, you know, first um, impression assessment as well. But it was about listening. And interesting, when I, when I did my coach certification, my job immediately prior to that was working with a Fortune, uh, working with Fortune 500 companies. So I was working for a global uh, talent, management, uh, talent management firm in a senior VP role. And I was, a, as a consultant, expected to bring all the answers. So when I went into coaching, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so refreshing. I don't have to know the answers. All I have to do is ask the questions. How cool is that? <laughs> questions. Yeah. I love them. Actually, I'm staring at a board with 18 questions right in front of me. And I just keep, I just keep, I keep, I hear the question and I just keep this like my, I'm going to keep the top 20 questions that I love to ask because of what they, what the conversation brings out of that. So what are some of your favorite questions to ask people to really get them to shift their perspective about things? Well, my very favorite question of all time is I'm curious, can you share a little more about that? Um, and it just is just a, such a nice, gentle way of opening up instead of saying, why? Why? Blah, 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 blah. Because as soon as you say why, invariably, you're getting people's backs up. Mm -hmm. Especially if you say, you know, why did you? That's like, you know, a double whammy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I talk about that in my, um, in my best-selling book, Words, Women, and Wisdom, The Modern Hour of Confident Conversations. I dig into, you know, 40 different words and word concepts, which are helping women to have more powerful conversations to elevate their language so that we take out the weak words that drain their power, add in some that fuel it, and questions obviously are super important. So the, the I'm curious is a great question for anyone, especially for leaders and supervisors. Um, for me, I don't have a list of standard questions because I stay very much in the moment with what it is that my client's working on and what I'm listening for. Mm -hmm. um, I do want to ask them about their, their underlying purpose for, you know, what's drawn them to coaching. 
um, what is it that would be the most valuable thing that we could work on? So in six months time, when I'm asking you, you know, can you refer me? What is it that you're going to want to want to have experienced or the the stage or the the challenge that you want to have overcome in order for us to say, yes, this has been massively successful. Right. So I'm very, I, I do ask a lot of questions around ROI and curiosity and success. And also it tells me their willingness to actually do the work, which is super important because I typically only take on about 10 clients at a time. So I want those to be clients who are mission inspired women who are excited about life. They just can't quite figure out how to express what it is that they want to do and they need help articulating that and then they need a little bit of help with their confidence and then they need a little bit of help to ask for the sales or ask for the jv uh, partnerships or ask for whatever it is that they need in their business to expand and grow Love it. I love the I love the questions um, because it inspires that that conscious thought and, and it and it makes people more accountable to like, like really come up with the answers that I've seen. When when you think about relationships and the communication process, Yvonne, in both business and personal settings, what do you think are like the major areas we get screwed up on in trying to encode and receive a message, especially in today's environment? I mean, I see so many different examples, especially when I was in the corporate life. I would just sit there and, and laugh. I'm like. You guys actually think you're talking. It is absolutely stunning to think that you think you're going to get anything done out of this. I don't know if you've had those situations where you've been observing and you're like, wow, you, okay, this, I want to see how this plays out. Have you had situations like that? And what <laughs> are some of the, some of the biggest uh, components of that? Well, I have had situations like that. Um, you know, don't get me started on meetings and women in meetings. That's a whole other topic. Um, that's probably another show. Another um, show. Pardon me? So we'll just create characters and pick them off. Like, okay, there's Sally. And Sally is the one that walks in there and goes, How was everybody's weekend? And what's the everybody's weekend is for the first 20 minutes and we get nothing done. But Sally has to be, you know, anyways, sorry. <laughs> we digress. Yes. So uh, share your question with me again. Because I yes. got but I'm thinking I, about meetings. Yes. Um, no, what, what are the components that cause people to have bad relationships and have bad communication processes when they come into it? What, what are some of the mindsets they have that are not working for them to get ultimately what they want? Mm -hmm. Well, I think when they come in with, this is what I want, that, that in itself is a perspective that doesn't lend itself to a collaborative conversation. I mean, a conversation is two people coming together and hopefully they're co-creating something that is a synergy because both parties needs are being heard and both parties are willing to flex and to create something which is a long-term relationship if you want to just come together and sell something sure you can do that but then you're going to have to keep building those relationships over and over and over one 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 because nobody's sticking around um so the perspective of coming in service i think is really important coming with flexibility um, and a collaborative mindset and being willing to share whether that's um, an idea, a contact, um, some flexibility, maybe it's an extra thing that you're bringing to the table that wasn't part of the original discussion. But I think it really is about understanding that relationship capital, which is you know a fairly common term these days, you know thanks Deborah Porneman for sharing that one, <laughs> um, is really what business success is all about and I think what relationship success is about too is when both parties genuinely want to actually come and have a conversation and deeply understand what the other person's needs are mm -hmm. that's that's that, that's what that's the that's the gravy I was looking for is for me in in my pursuit of becoming a better communicator a better person at relationships but as a leader as a spouse as a father and everything else is really what Stephen Covey had said, and you just nailed it, was to seek first to understand, then to be understood. And yeah. go, going back to the whole thing with my mom, I was like, she, I developed this, the strategy in my coaching that I just teach people, do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? Because so many were taught to be right. If we're right, we get the validation, we get the acceptance. Good boy, Chris, you were right. Oh, if you were wrong, then you're bad. Okay, you got to change, you got to change that perspective. And she always had to be right. She didn't care what it cost. You know, she would put people in fight or flight. And she's like, I don't know what their problem is, but I feel pretty good. 
And for me, I was like, you know what? Sometimes I just want to be happy. I mean, what's the, what's the point of being right? And that was instrumental in a lot of my relationships. And then also the seek first to understand component um, really helped me because, you know, we do, we go in there with the ego and we think, oh, okay, I know what I'm going to say in my mind. It's going to translate perfectly. And you're going to totally get it. But um, another recommendation that I, that I've had with people is just to always just go in there and say, Hey, is now a good time? Because what do we do, especially at work or, or even at home? Hey, babe, blah, 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 blah. And like, you know, they may have just got a phone call that their friend has cancer. It's like, hey, now's a good time. I, I want to yeah. talk to you about something important. I want to make sure it's good for you. Um, talk to us about some other tips that might that people might be able to, to incorporate uh, in their life to have more effective communications. And then I want to dovetail into the words, um, which Mary just uh, so eloquently out of the corner of my eye, she says, words are so powerful and more powerful when accompanied by actions. Yes, Mary. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Patricia said, Your words brilliant. matter. Your words matter. Your words matter. That's in my book. <laughs> oh, they do. Yes, they do. Yeah. Um, and Mary also says, uh, active listening is a powerful skill. Everyone needs the skill. As yes, definitely. So, what are some other uh, communication tips that you can give to people? And then we're going to uh, dive into um, the words because I love that topic of conversation. Mm -hmm. too. I think one of the important things to remember about communication is, you know, very often people will say, well, you know, you made me feel like this or you made me do this. Um, no, <laughs> you got to own that yourself. If you chose to respond or react to my words, then that's your decision, your choice. It's not me that needs to own that. I'm going to show up and I'm going to share who I am and how I value things. And if you like it, great, stick around. If you don't, that's okay. You know, I don't have every, I don't need everybody to like me right? Because I like me, right? Mm -hmm. So that might not necessarily be a communication piece, but I think that's an important piece to remember. The other thing is, um, talking about Stephen Covey, you know, that piece about, you know, begin with the end in mind. I think yeah. for conversation, I still go into a conversation with, here's my overarching goal. If we reach this at the end, that would be a great use of time. However, I also go in saying they have their agenda too, and maybe it's completely different than mine. So, you know, I'll show up, I'll have a, a, a benchmark, but we may not get there in the same way. Um, mm. We may not get there today, and that's okay. So one of the other things I learned when I was um, working with Fortune 500 companies is instead of me trying to own the schedule for the conversation, that I would show up and I would give them as much as I thought they needed, ask them if they needed anything else. And then I would say, so, you know, what would you see as next steps? Instead of saying, okay, so our next step is blah, 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 blah. And trying that. to force the agenda because, you know, I don't know how many hoops they have to jump through with supply and purchasing, or if they have a budget that only goes to 20,000 and anything more than that, they got to, you know, have three layers of sign off or I don't know all their processes and I don't need to know. I just need to know what's your next step. And if you say, you know, call me in three weeks, I'll calendar to call you in three weeks, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Mm. Wow. I love that. It's, um, you know, it's just a matter of taking that self-responsibility, right? You know, when, when you realize that we're responsible for our choices and our, where we focus, if we focus, uh, uh as a victim, then what are we going to do? We're going to find more situations to feel like a victim and, as opposed to rising above and taking that responsibility for, a owning who we are and saying, Hey, it's okay. If you don't dig me, I mean, I know people don't dig me They're like, Hey, I'm like, go find somebody else. You do don't spend your time sitting there picking me apart. That's a waste of time. Go find somebody you like there's 7 billion people on the planet. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it is about that perspective and being able to own it with, with that confidence and not the arrogance that you had mentioned before. I think that's so critical, um, especially this day and age. And, and as part of this, uh, Yvonne words, I have learned really like Marlene just said, words are so immensely powerful. What are some of the words that we typically use um, that are not in our favor? And what words can we change, in your opinion, to spin that around? Well, my one of my favorite ones for women is um, just, oh, I just wanted to XYZ. Like well, you just took all the power out of your whole sentence with one little word with four letters. So take out the word just and speak to whatever the topic is, because that's not necessary. Um, going in with should, oh, I should do this and I should do that. Uh-uh, make it could. It's only a couple of syllables different, 
but it has a whole different energy. It has an energy of possibility and openness. The, the I'm curious question. Again, you're coming at it with this place of, hmm, help me understand versus judgment right away. And so those are a few of my favorites that have a big impact right away. The other thing for women is very often when we're nervous, we babble, right? And so especially if you're talking with someone who is um, a blueprint or a knowledge-based personality that are very factual, they just give me the logical, give me the short version, give me the step-by-step and you're if you're a nurturer like me, you tend to want to give, give, give. (laughs) So, you know, how can you explain it succinctly based on the personality style of the person you're talking to? So I think that's one of the things that's really um, become evident to me in the last little while. It's kind of like Tony Robbins says, you know, when you're talking to your audience, you're not talking at them and spewing all over them. You're understanding what is it that they need and you're talking in their language, it's not about you, it's about them receiving the knowledge and the inspirational wisdom that you're sharing and how can they do that if you're not speaking in their language, language that resonates with them. Mm. So that, that's so important too. It's like when people sit there and try to talk and use big words or try to like inflame their ego and, and try to name drop or stuff like that, that isn't that isn't a good basis of a conversation. It's It's gotta be more factual and I think about you know, the words you just said, and I love that just, I haven't never used that. I, I love it. But one of my favorite words is perhaps, because I, when I was thinking about when people come to me and they're like, you know, I just, I just can't do math and I can't remember this and I'm no good at this. And I'm like, what about the power of perhaps, you know, perhaps if you got a tutor, you would be better. Perhaps if you invested an hour a day for the next 200 days, you would have enough knowledge to be able to do this. Perhaps if you changed your mindset, da, da, da. And so when I introduce that power, perhaps, and they're like, oh, wow. Okay. You know, perhaps I'm like, okay, perhaps becomes a possibility, right? Yeah. Okay. So a possibility becomes an opportunity, right? Yeah. Okay. So what do you need to do to make that opportunity happen? Right. And, uh, and so for me, perhaps is amazing. Um, I, and I, and I think about when people say the phrase, um, I have to, because I remember one time I was saying, I have to do this. I have to, I have to go. And this is, this is the God's honest truth, Yvonne. This is the God's honest truth. Oh, I'm shaking my head. I'm not shaking my head saying it's not true. I'm shaking oh, yeah. it because I have something else that oh. I want to share. Carry on. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was in my house one day and this is probably two years, two or three years ago or something like that. And I'm like, Oh, I have to go clean the pool. And I was like, and as I was going out to the, to the backyard and I was like, I have to go clean the pool. I'm like, that sounds like negative. Cause I'm always coaching myself and catching myself. I'm like, no, you get to go clean your pool. You don't have to go clean your pool. You idiot, you have a pool. What are you being so mope? And I just do an attitude correction. And then all of a sudden I just go into like gratitude real quick. I'm like, where did that come from that? That, oh, I have, I have to go clean my pool. I'm like, uh-uh. And ever since I've developed that and really listened to the words that I use and, and now the way I coach people and they like, I get to go to a job tomorrow that I actually enjoy or I get to make a choice to stop doing something that I don't like. Um, so I'm interested to hear your story as well, because it it just opened my eyes as to really, you just change a few things. Even just tonight when I was talking to somebody, they said, they're going to try. And I'm like, you either do it or you don't Yoda, right? You're either going to do it or you don't. So just say, I'm going to do this. And guess what? You're going to do it. And then you're going to feel really good about that. What do you think? Yeah. What was your experience? Um, well, I, I think coaches in particular are finely attuned to listen to the distinction between one or two words. So Perhaps is something I talk about in my book. And for women, it's a choice of when to use it. So if you have a very assertive energy, say you're getting people out of the building because there's a fire going on, it's not a drill, it's a fire. You're not saying, oh, please, would you go to the elevator? That would be so wonderful. Thank you very much. You're being very directive. We need to leave the building now. Everybody head to the elevator. There's no debate, no discussion, right? Whereas perhaps is something that I would encourage a woman to use when she wants her male conversation partner to think that he actually has the decision and has the power. <laughs> so secrets away. Don't I do would that. Off, it's like an offering, you know, perhaps mm. where, you know, she knows what she wants. She knows how she's going to get it, but she's giving him the opportunity to think that it was actually his idea. Right. I love um, it. Can and can't. 
So I would be, again, picking up right away. I'd be like, hmm, can I make an observation? You know, what if you just took that word can't and just took the end off? Like, instead Mm -hmm. of cannot, what if you could and just said, I can? What's the opposite of that? Let's play opposites for a minute. Let's be like two and three-year-olds, you know? You don't want this? Well, what do you want instead? And do some clarity through contrast. You know, Michael Lozier's law of attraction concept, which I talk Mm -hmm. about in my book, too. So very often people get stuck and they're like, I don't know what I want. Okay, well, let's start with what you don't want. And let's start there and then we can flip it. You know, I don't want my boss micromanaging me. Well, what do you want? Well, I want to be the leader and I want to be in charge. Okay, well, let's go for that. How are we going to get there? What's your first step? Um, The other thing you talked about was the have to. (laughs) And I I actually did... um, when I was doing the research for my book, I mean, a lot of it is my stories and 40 different words and word concepts to help women elevate their language, which came through almost like a download because I would get up at five, do my my first hour, then I'd write for another hour and a half before my family got up. And it was like the words that needed to get in just sort of downloaded through me. Hmm. But I did interview um, 12 13 um, powerful and influential women. And one of them also talked about that. I get to, I can, I choose to. Mm -hmm. So whenever someone says, you know, I have to, it's like, really? Who's making you do this? Yeah, no. Well, no, you're choosing to. And if you don't want to do it, then don't do it. But make a choice of what you do and instead. The other thing that I wanted to talk about Briefly, as you talked about the name dropping and you said that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Actually, for some people, it does. So these little cards I'm holding, this is actually a red one. But there's actually there's actually like four different colors for four different personality oh, types. Yep. But the red one is actually the action personality type. So this is scientifically proven um, personality science I'm talking speaking to. So the action person actually does like red carpet stuff they like name dropping they like competition and winning and fun and image and so name dropping would be right up their alley these are the people that you very often see on their website they've got all the pictures of them with you know tony robbins or oprah or whoever it is because those are the action oriented go get a red carpet lifestyle people and they want people to know that that's who they are so it's it's a i think it's about acknowledging that not you know that doesn't resonate for everybody but it works for them so if you want to get their attention do some name dropping (laughs) it's about knowing what they want right Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's it's about it's about that making that connection i learned a long time ago i've never really been in sales sales i mean aside from selling myself and and my services but i just learned really quickly i can't remember if it was from a car salesman or somebody they just said you know nobody's going to buy from you unless they know like and trust you and that's yep. just something I've always just kept in the back of my head. That's why I'm always really just very earnest in how I network and really getting to know people and not being salesy. Like, you know, I'm a coach. You got I obviously see no excuses, coach. You know, the things I do when, when, when you're ready, you know, come and see me. And, and I plant those seeds with people. So, um, yeah, I love that. It's, um, we have some more comments here. Whoops. I just, uh, I just, uh, cause then we're going to, I want to tie up here. Um, uh, Marlene, Marlene is, uh, Marlene is, uh, contributing a lot tonight. Uh, if someone tells me that I'm making them, I ask, why are you giving me so much power? Oh, snap Marlene. I love that. Why are you giving me so much power? I know it's like, you're making me mad. It's like, I'm not doing anything. It's the way you're interpreting the words that I'm using. You know, I, I came off stage one time. This is a true story. Came off stage one time, 600 people in the room, people are high-fiving me like, yeah, man. And they're in the bandana. And, um, and I had to really go to the bathroom. They, my, the MC brought me on like 10 minutes earlier. He's like, Hey, Chris, can you come on right now? I'm like, I was just about to go to the bathroom. I'm like, we have to have you come on right now because we're going to, I'm like, sure. No problem. Went up there and did 25 minutes, came off, was jog- jogging to the bathroom. This guy stops me at the door and he's like, excuse me, sir. And I said, Oh, sure. And I'm thinking he's going to give me some sort of accolade, everything while I bolted to go pee. And he's like, um, he goes, now what I'm about to say, I don't want to change you. He goes, but, uh, my 13 year old son is here and I'm just curious as why you use profanity on stage. And I was like, because I don't swear on stage unless I give him permission. I'm like, mm. I said, I'm sorry, sir. I said, I, I don't recall saying anything like that. I said, what was the word that I used? And he goes, well, you kept saying kick ass. And I said, I said, that's kind of like awesome or rad. It's just my electric way of, of, of transferring energy. Like something's kick ass. It's like, it's exciting. It's powerful. It's, it's got impact. It's, that's just my thing. 
I said, but I don't really consider it a bad word. And he goes, well, you know, again, I'm not trying to change you, but I have my 13 year old son here and I could tell. And I was like, you know what? I said, I'm not going to try to change you either. I said, cause I actually have to go to the bathroom and I'd be happy to talk about this afterwards. I said, but the words that I think about that have the permanent impact of the words of the words that say, I hate you, or you're ugly, or you're fat, or you're stupid, or you're this, or you're that. I said, sir, those words, trust me from the position I'm in and the people I help and the, the, the childhood that I had, those words have a lot more impact and a lot more severity than kick ass or anything that rhymes with truck or ship. And he just looked at me and I said, I'll be right back. I said, you be here. I said, we'll talk. And I went to the bathroom and I came back and he was gone. But I was just like, it was just interesting, the different perspective and the words and the meanings that we give those words, right? It is. And I would say the other lesson I'm taking out of that experience is use your language and use your words with people who are going to hear them and do something because of what you've shared. So he's invested 10 minutes in pointing out something to you. Great. I wonder if he spent at least 20 minutes, double that time, talking to his son about what he did learn out of that session. I hope so. I, I hope, hope so. so. Yeah, I was I was keen to get back there and have more of a conversation with him. But I'm so grateful for that experience because it's helped me help so many other people. Like, you know what, Chris, you're right. Even people that don't swear, they're like, I just can't get past it. It's this. I'm like, I get it. And I told, I'm not trying to change you. I said, but think about these other words and think about the impacts that those words have. And think about, you know, the carelessness that we all use words with sometimes. I had said something to my wife the other day that came across really hurtful, but it wasn't, it wasn't my intention, but I did not carefully choose the words and consider the situation that I was in. So I think that's massively important. And I know that uh, you and I could talk about this for hours and hours and hours. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a final question and ask, ask you to tell everybody where they can get a hold of you, but I want to make sure that I can, uh, get the rest of these comments. Um, Oh, here's a good one. Marlene says, what, uh, Yvonne, what is, what is one of the biggest teaching? What is one of the biggest teaching your son has given to you? Ooh, great question, Marlene. Thank you. <clears throat> um, patience, <laughs> patience. Um, and to, uh, never give up on the power of possibility. Um, Patricia asked earlier, you know, can you share the, the story about your son? Um, so the quick story is uh, when he was about 18, um, he was watching uh, a telephone on TV, he came running into me, mom, mom, I need a credit card. What do you need a credit card for? Great, it's a sign of financial independence because his social age is more like six, seven. Um, and he said, I want to buy a kid a smile. Like, what? Took me into the living room. He'd been watching a um, Operation Smile telethon. So first of all, I was like, oh, my gosh. You, like, mm. the heart on that kid is, like, amazing. Anyway, we couldn't get him a card because he's, um, you know, his financial, you know, his special needs. The banks don't get it. They don't know what to do with his application. So three months later, he's getting upset. He says, mom, I'm tired of waiting. I'm going to start selling my paintings and I'm going to raise money that way. And that's what he went on to do. So, you know, he wanted to be on Dragon's Den. He wanted to do this. He wanted to be on TV. So I got him on uh, Global News. I got him in a Dragon's Den interview. And now he's gone on to, um, he's had some medical challenges the last year and a half, but he's gone on to uh, pay for four smiles. He's on his fifth smile that he's paid for for, putting smiles on kids' faces. And his message of, you know, no matter what your circumstances are, anyone can make a difference is really the most important thing that I learned from him. Yeah, he's really an amazing kid. And wow. his book came out before mine. So his book is kind of like a catalog of his artwork <laughs> with his story interwoven in between it. Um, and then, yeah, and then mine, mine came out later than his. Yeah. Wow. No, that's, that's such a beautiful story. And I know that Patricia wanted you to talk about that. And I kind of wanted you to talk about that too, because that's such a beautiful aspect of your personality. You're, you're the, the person who you truly are, Yvonne. I mean, you're, you're obviously a very intelligent, brilliant person who has done a lot of work to um, grow herself and to be an impact in the community that you serve. And I think that's phenomenal. I mean, especially in catering to the, to, to the woman, to the women in the world, um, you know, that's, that's another, that's another situation where in the world of trying to get that equity and that equality, 
I really compliment you and, and, and being that person that's persevering to make that world a better place for, for that demographic and to, to get them to rise up just like you did. That's the same thing I'm doing. I'm taking people that, you know, never had any confidence. It's like, okay, let's rise up together and uh, make this world a better, a better place and a more beautiful place. So thank you so much for sharing that because I know that, uh, I know that can help a lot of people. Marlene says, thank you for your answer. Thank you people. I have been schooled by special needs folks for 30 years. Um, you guys are all amazing. Scott says my Scott is, uh, he would love you. Uh, I find it hilarious that certain people criticize you for your language, then covertly support a bully and oppressive leadership yet think they are the problem. That's bullshit. Mic drop. Boom. So here's my little mic. That's my mic drop. That's my mic drop. <laughs> Bam. Uh, Patricia, you are a sweetheart. Incredible interview tonight. Love all the wisdom. Um, you guys are all amazing. Tom, thank you so much for being here. Um, Tom is uh, a friend of mine as well. Um, all you guys are just phenomenal. Mary, Marlene, Serena, um, Scott, Crystal, Trish, Larry, Chris, all you guys are just phenomenal. Um, so I'm going to ask you one final question, Yvonne. This has been a lot of fun and I want to have you back on to keep talking about more aspects of how we can help people. Um, cause I love the energy and, and the flow that we have. Um, if you had a microphone, what you do, you have a microphone to the world. Um, I'm, I changed this up a little bit now. So if you had a microphone to all the youth, all the youth right now, it's COVID, it's the presidential elections at the time of this taping, everything is going on. The world is chaotic. You're up there in Canada, safe, looking down at us like we're some sort of meth lab here in the United States, I'm sure. Um, what would you say to the youth right now to, to, to best set them up to have the best possible relationships in a digital age and everything else? No pressure. Uh, I would remind them that it's not about how many likes and how many friends you have on Facebook. It's about how much you honor and respect the choices that you make and to always put your, um, always put your kind heart first. And if you don't have anything nice to say about other people, then don't say anything. Mm, beautiful. That's, that's the tough part is not to say anything. I know I've had my situations recently where I've wanted to say things and kind of said things, but no massive advice. I mean, it's, it's just truly, um, it's a, it's a crazy time. And I, and I was telling somebody this, I've been telling a lot of people this lately, this is a transformational time in our life that we can really choose that this could either, you know, make us or break us. I've seen so many people say, I don't know. I want normalcy. I want this. I want certainty. I want it the way it was. And, and I tell people all the time, Yvonne, it's like, I don't know what's going to happen in the next 10 minutes. I don't know if I'm going to have an aneurysm. I don't know if I'm going to slip and fall down the stairs. I don't know if a plane's going to crash in my house. I don't know if the world's going to change. All I know is that I have these moments and I'm so thankful for you for spending your hour with me and having these moments with my guests and just sharing everything. Where can people get a hold of you, get a hold of your book and continue the conversation with you? So thank you for being here. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for the invitation, Chris. And thanks, Patricia. Patricia, yeah, I'm gonna say that too. <laughs> um, there's uh, best places on my website, which is words, women, and, and it's spelled out A-N-D, wordswomenandwisdom.com. If you're a woman listening to this and you're interested in my book, there's a three chapter download excerpt. There's a big red button you can hit to pick up that. And if you're a guy listening and saying, what about those red cards? What's that personality science stuff all about? I want to have better conversations. Um, there's also a little gray button that you can click in the middle there to pick up your own copy of the personality science report as well. So a couple of gifts there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the Raw and Unscripted show. You are super awesome. Stay, uh, stay with me for a second. I'm going to end out the show and then uh, we'll talk backstage. We'll have a margarita or something like that backstage. All right. <laughs> um, you rock. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, I'm trying to keep these two under an hour, but uh, you guys know I get a little wordy, I get passionate and I'm really get excited about what it is that we can do. Um, taking the pain of our past and turning it into our treasure of the future. That's what both Yvonne and myself have done. We have taken literally the situations with our parents and have spun them around to become the people who we need to be, the people who we want to be, the legacy that we want to live. And I encourage each and every one of you to make sure you know what your legacy is, to know where it is that you want to end up and to realize that the power to get there and the best way to get there is through having effective relationships, having effective conversations with not only yourself, but other people. We didn't even get into that, having, having the conversations with ourselves 
But, you know, another area we touched on, which is super important, is the forgiveness and the vulnerability factor in healing and growing um, in our relationships. How can we expect to have great, intimate, personal relationships if we have not processed all the trash and the garbage of when we were kids or when we had, you know, we were abused or, or neglected in our last relationship? How can we expect to really have somebody love us when we're not really truly loving ourselves because we're still hanging on to that pain and that torture? by the actions that we take and by the words that we use on ourselves. Oh, I'm so stupid. Oh, geez, I can't. I'll never be able to do that. Can you imagine if you keep saying I'll never be able to do that? Do you think you'll ever be able to do it? But do you imagine if you said perhaps, perhaps if I committed, perhaps if I made a promise to myself, think about this promise. When you make a promise to somebody, do you keep it? If you don't, you're a dick. Um, if you make a promise to somebody, you better keep it. And if you make a promise to yourself, especially you should keep it. So make a promise to yourself that you're going to make a commitment to perhaps get up 30 minutes a day, 30 minutes every day and do something that grows and moves you closer to your goal. Would you surmise that after six months or a year, you would be way further ahead than you are by just sitting there pontificating about it and thinking about it and playing the someday game about it? right? You have to take ownership. You have to take responsibility. We've talked about that in this episode, taking responsibility um, and realizing what your true nature of it, of what it is that you're going after, whether, what am I trying to get out of this conversation? What am I trying to get out of this relationship? What am I trying to get out of this life? Make those choices and make those determinations. Get up in the morning, write down your intentions, write down your, your, your gratitudes, say your affirmations, start the day off, spend five minutes, spend five minutes and set your intentions for the day and look throughout the day, for to make that intention true and to prove your gratitude true. You know, just walk around and look at how amazing life truly is and what abundance we have. I mean, I'll end it with this. You guys all have one of these? It's a cell phone. All the answers are right here. All the answers are right here, Google and YouTube. So if you're sitting at home feeling sorry for yourself and you don't know what to do, all you have to do is take that responsibility, take that first step, take that initiative to be raw and be vulnerable and go through that storm. Because I promise you, once you get on the other side of that storm, you're going to be so much stronger and you're going to look back at that storm. You're going to flip it off, but you're going to be happy that you went through it because now you're stronger. And of course, there's other going to be other storms that are going to come in your life. That's life. You're not going to get away from it, especially as you get older. You're going to see people, more people passing away, your heroes, your family, your friends. You're going to have all these different situations in your life. But as you get stronger and you go through those, you have the understanding and the belief that it's all happening for you and not to you and that we're going to continue the spiritual journey long after these bodies give us up. So I love you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Um, all your interactions. If this moved you, please share it. We want to impact as many people as we possibly can for Yvonne and I taking the time tonight to share this with you, something we're truly passionate about. So please share this comment again, if you have any other questions and reach out to Yvonne, she's a brilliant person and uh, I'm sure you would get massive results out of her coaching. All right. I love you guys. Stay kick-ass, stay unstoppable. And uh, we'll see you next week on the raw and Un